0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the D-Hoop University podcast. This is your host, Daryl Harris, also known as D-Hoopster. And ladies and gentlemen, playoff basketball is playing out in full effect right now. We are getting storylines with the heavy hitters of the league. And it's really a sight to behold. There are some key moments that will play out in the next 48 hours. Casual diehards, Shiv and myself get into our predictions for what's going to happen in these very pivotal game sixes and game sevens that are on the horizon. And as much as we get into that, you have to stick around for the casually blowing it up segment at the end involving a team that I will not disclose at this moment but they are my pick to win or come out on top rather of the nba draft lottery so that's my tease for that make sure you tune in for that one and if you haven't heard the first one go back and listen to the houston rockets because that was a great conversation as well but man the stakes are getting higher and higher the pressure is mounting and legacies are on the line (laughs) That's just a bit of what we get into, and I felt like we attacked it head on. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's talk some hoops. All right, all right, all right. We came into today with the opportunity for four game sevens in the second round, which I didn't do my research. I don't know if that's ever happened, but it seemed unlikely that it would happen. We now have our first team penciled into the conference finals, that being the Denver Nuggets. And we now have the second scheduled game seven in the canon of this podcast involving none other than Shiva's Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. And looking ahead to tonight's games, the possibility for two more game sevens. Uh, two pivotal Games where the home team is looking to take care of business and move on to the next round. Laid all the cards out in front of you, which uh, which card do you want to pick up first? What do you think? Of course, let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about let's let's preview game seven, because the way we do things around here, game sevens uh are top of the pecking order in whatever discussion needs to be had. So it's only right. So did you watch any of the game? Like, did you watch any of the game? No. Today's been, by the way, folks, I, I don't think anybody, nobody. for one, nobody informed me coming into this week that this was breaking news week in the United States calendar. <laughs> but that's exactly what it was. I, ladies and gentlemen, I've had breaking news every single night. This week in my 11 p.m. newscast, which keeps it spicy, I'm all here for it, and 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 it's a fun job. It's a stressful, you know, situation, but there's nights where I can, uh, you know, keep an eye on some other things, and there's nights when it's not. And no, didn't get to take in this game at all, really. I talked to you in between, and we had a good long conversation last night off record. Yeah. And wasn't surprised that Boston went ahead and won, because like we said, Boston has been a better team in 97% of this series. And save for two game winning shots by James Harden, they were looking at a sweep if they took care of business in that regard. So not surprised that they went on the road tonight. I think you might be surprised about
1: how I'm feeling for game seven. uh, I watched the game, start to finish, obviously. And somehow yet again, we've had another first half where Jason Tatum just does not have it going. And I think it's so frustrating to watch because you're like, dude, there's no way you're missing all these jumpers. There's just no way. Like, it's like an out-of-body nightmare for a fan where it's just like, dude, like, you're folding in the most royal way possible and there's four minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter and jason tatum puts up a corner three over and beat. and i do everything in my power to not throw my glass of water at the tv because it's like how is this the first shot you're about to take in the fourth quarter a step back three over and beat cash it's it cash big shot comes down next possession gets to switch on maxi between the legs step back three cash timeout <laughs> cash timeout they come out they run a flare for tatum another three bang and i was i was so i wasn't even reacting i was I, I sat there on the couch just shocked like like not even able to comprehend what just happened i was like dude i've never seen a player save the season so drastically like that was one of those and, and we talked about this yesterday game six just feel like game seven's almost in that you win the game six all of a sudden things are looking really grim for the other team because now they got to come play in boston <laughs> now you got to play in boston yeah no uh also i, I
0: note: i would have yeah. liked to see how much of Philadelphia scoring eleven points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. What all factored into that? I well, this is a low scoring game. Right. Low scoring game. I told I told my boy John at the desk. I think he said the total was two twelve and he might have been leaning over. And I was like, no, I'm not even betting right now, but this is an under because we keep this reference going. The sliders are up now. You're gonna play a little tight. This is not a carefree, let's get up and down and play. Every yeah. possession matters. Mm -hmm. and so yeah not surprised that it was low scoring i'm curious i i I imagine that boston's defense started to resemble the defense that they're capable of being well they played along along with you know the pressure kind of seeping in philly didn't seem like they were ready to stomp and close the door of this game anyway none of their wins have been convincing yeah outside of the one they took on the road surprisingly but where I'm at with this man, I'm taking, I'm digging my heels in, on the tough love, hard nosed coach approach to this Jason Tatum thing, and I'm going to go with Philadelphia in Game Seven because I don't think that you know it was a couple tweets and about like how this was essentially when uh you you bust your ass at the in the at 11 o'clock to get the assignment done before midnight. Yeah. You end up kind of smashing the assignment and getting what you needed, but the stress was so high that where it was just like, why did I set myself up for this?
2: Yeah. I
0: think it's going to bite them in the ass, man. I, I think it is. I think you can't. For one, I said, I think the undue extension of this series by not taking care of business with a slow start in game one with no Embiid, and then Jason Tatum now with two unacceptable first halves. At least they got the win in this one. Yeah. But I'm, a, I don't think that that's a good habit to have built. And going into this game seven, Jalen Brown, he's rallying the garden. He wants them to, you know, wake up a little bit. I saw that. I, we had a good discussion about Boston last night and. What I feel now is that they're missing a third into what needs to be a big three between Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and either a guard or a center. And the reason I feel like that is just because I feel like there's overlap between what you get from Brown and Tatum. And when moments present themselves where you need one person to be the alpha, they both want to be, and only one person – and, Naturally, can sort of, yeah. and the other is kind of has to take what they're given, and I just I, I I agree with the upside of the two of them, but I don't know. We we saw the possession come back where Jalen Brown helps off of Harden, and then there's bad body language on the way back down in transition. Tatum kind of waves him off. He's upset that he helped so egregiously. (laughs) And he kind of waves Brown off on that last play. And the, the reason why I'm picking Philly is because I think this game seven, game seven blowouts rarely happen unless you're the Phoenix Suns playing the Dallas Mavericks last year. And I think this game will be decided in the last two minutes. And Boston hasn't shown me that they can execute in those moments this year. Right now, with the pressure being what it is, they've done it in games during the regular season. They've done it. You know, they closed out Atlanta when they needed to. They're not focusing on a a six foot point guard right now. I think that Harden is alive in this game. I think that he makes some shots that are going to kind of repeatedly. Dig at the crowd's confidence, and I think that just when he you know, is pushing his limits. You're going to get the supplemental M B MVP moments because yeah. I don't think he can just shoulder the load himself. But from our last pod, I, I talked about the Embiid 30 ball was just kind of waiting in the wings. And lo and behold, we got it in game five. I think that he's got what it takes to at least get like, you know, a good 25 in this one. But I think that James Harden takes the lead. But down the stretch, it's... uh the trouble of guarding both of them that that's gonna
1: well the unsung hero for philly has been maxi i'm gonna be honest with you i don't it's right it's you're Zuna's right you're thing. right doing his thing but dude this kid maxi like and that's his a... role that,
0: that's his yeah. role in this team yeah. he's supposed to kind of be the heat chat guy the irrational confidence guy the one where nobody's telling you to slow it down
2: yeah like Just brother don't. brother <laughs> go ahead <laughs> Yeah. By all
0: means, drive and drive yeah. again. It's and keep drive a driving. Floater, like, you yeah. know, they, they do need that from him. And I th- that's where I'm leaning. And I'll, I'll gladly be proven wrong. But I feel like those concerns, if they don't emerge in this game seven and, you know, result in a loss, I think that they're going to emerge against probably Miami in the next series. So I'm I'm taking that stance now more, and we've kept up with our power rankings. We've mentioned I I've thought extremely high of Boston this entire time, but now I'm I'm kind of reaching the point where I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk myself into it anymore. I I don't really love what I'm seeing, and I'm not sold. And I didn't get to see today. Today might have you know suppressed some of that, but. Game seven is gonna be a completely different game. And you know, we do get the emotional highs of you know who wins this one and who wins the next one. This game seven this game isn't going to, I think, linger with the Sixers in the next one. And and they might roll in there with a little bit of confidence. I don't know. I, I'm gonna roll with that.
1: That that's what's in my gut now. Well, I'm gonna take Boston, obviously. I think today the end of that game felt like they're they're a different series We're, we're watching right now like uh denver phoenix right like those first two games those first four games kind of felt like a little bit of tug of war and then denver pulled a little harder at the end this series has felt like a tug of war where now game six was like your side gets the final pull and you start feeling the rope really pull towards your side and you could kind of see it. They they finally attacked Maxi. They were mismatched hunting him down the stretch. And I've been saying all season that Maxi is going to be a defensive liability against these wings. The only thing that's been offsetting that is the fact that Joel Embiid has been protecting the right, the, the paint. Like he's like prime Hakeem Olajuwon just blocking everything. Anytime Celtics get to the rim, it's a block. I, so, wish, I wish this Philadelphia team didn't give up Diable.
0: I, I genuinely do. He's such a playoff player for moments where you need him because yeah. Maxi easily doesn't have to be a part Whoa. of the closing five. They can they can put Melton in, who's a better defender, or you know, they, House they has
1: been playing incredible, incredible basketball. Like I didn't. Maury, even know Maury
0: Wynn got him for a reason. This, this was replicating, yeah. you know, the Houston formula.
1: Yeah. No, I mean they crazy. and Jalen
0: McDaniel's has been a better wing for them as well
1: uh Niang hit, hit a couple of sh- N- George Niang has such Jared Dudley energy like I don't know why like I feel like he's next in line in terms of like like Uncle Jared Dudley like Uncle George Niang type thing I don't know if the, the listeners get that but yeah I don't know No just- man
0: we're we're going to I I think that you know the the six games up to now have been good they, you know the series is is deserving of a game seven. I forgot what our predictions were coming in. I know we both took Boston, mistakes. especially with the Embiid injury concerns. I really was not sold on him being able to fight through it. He has, so yeah. you know, I that's we we got our picks in for our gut. That game seven is going to lead the weekend podcast and we're going to give it a ton of time, ton of attention. I'm not working this weekend. Thank God. So I'm watching that entire on game. See yep. him on, right. Yeah. Get some rest. So, yeah. No, man, that it all comes down to that. We're going, I'll have, you know, that before this, this recording started, I had the trade machine pulled up involving Boston. Good God. But the, the, the serious discussion has to be put on pause. Until they're officially eliminated, so we're gonna wait, but I want you the trade machine was up oh the trade machine is still on my on my computer. they're not breaking them up. I
1: promise you they're not doing it.
0: It doesn't involve Jalen Brown interesting. so but, well. but you know we we like we did this last night there there's a long wormhole to get into what we do if this happens. We're not gonna jump the gun. we're gonna we're gonna wait until this game seven happens. Yeah. Because you know, a lot is riding on that one, oh, yeah. And this is a game. Oh, my concern is this is a game seven that shouldn't exist. I agree with you, it's a game seven they shouldn't be in. And you know, by hook or by crook, now it's like I don't, I, I don't love being in that position, but that's what the Lakers are setting themselves up for as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And let's just go ahead and uh, move move the ball right there to what we're going to get tonight, which is a big Game Six between the Lakers and the Warriors. Can we shout out the Nuggets at all? Like, we're going to come to them. We're talking about them. We'll come, we'll talk about them a little later. Um, but this is probably more top of mind right now because <laughs> it's going to be dictating the conversation throughout the day. Yeah. Man, this series has been, like we said, it was going to be a home run for the NBA in terms of attention and ratings and discussions. I can tell you that I'm not tuned into a single one of these programs about what they have to say about it. Because (laughs) I could honestly care less to hear what the, the mainstream discussion is around this series. But, man, this is the game six that the Lakers need to get. They need to take oh, yeah. care of it. My prediction was Lakers in six. Yeah. And in a series that goes six games, by the time you get to this point, you start feeling, you know, the, the swell in the back of your throat where it's like, oh, man, I am nervous. Like, I'm. that's, that's, a, that's the nature of the beast. But yeah. I'm, I'm telling myself to, you know, keep the faith because this is what I predicted. And I was like, I will need to see it to believe it that this team without a real front court presence is going to beat this Lakers team that can, at the end of the day, get a closer look. And in my opinion, defend them better. And I've got a host of statistics that I'm going to let fly. But before
1: I do that, how are
0: you feeling about this game six?
1: Well, we have to mention the Andrew Wiggins injury, right? Right.
0: Setting it up. The uh, it was announced today that Andrew Wiggins has a, a fractured rib.
1: Yeah, but he was listed in the floating ribs.
0: Yeah, Shiv's more medical than I, guys. He was a <laughs> he, he was a med he was
1: a med major. Pre med dropout. <laughs> 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 Two years in the game, and I had to get out. Respect. <laughs> Not all, and, but that,
0: that's kind of that's kind of balanced out because for one, you still is this questionable. Yeah. I think he's probably a late scratch.
2: At best. But we'll, I think we'll see. Like,
0: I think he, he, goes. he probably wants to, and he'll probably try. And the fact that he's not ruled out is an indicator that he has the ability to go in, in some capacity. capacity. There's also the Anthony Davis head injury that yeah. apparently, you know, it, it didn't look, the, the play itself didn't look, you know, it wasn't gut wrenching. But we're talking about you know an elbow to the head it doesn't take much to you know yeah. be pretty problematic, and Ed, by all accounts they weren't talking concussion, so the the path is kind of cleared for him to be able to go tonight. So we have those dueling injury factors to account for tonight.
1: I think this game. Honestly, it's going to come down to whether LeBron's ready to just cut it loose or not. Because AD's wounded. Now everyone knows he's wounded. It doesn't take much for him to, you know, crumple, essentially. So, AD's wounded. The Warriors are wounded. Everyone's bruised. You have, uh, you have what's his face? Jermichael Green putting the cap on Instagram or whatever. I don't use Instagram, but I saw this trending on the internet how... Who Jamichael. is
0: this? Who is this Jamichael Green fellow?
1: Yeah, let's and talk. I, about and him. I and
0: I know exactly who he is, but yeah. <laughs> who is it, who is this guy that runs his mouth off at the end of the bench for the Golden State Warriors and picks up technical fouls on the bench? I can't believe that that's warranted or welcome. another in that it, locker
1: room. It's another subplot within the documentary of LeBron chasing the title this year. He's done it to Dylan Brooks. Now it's like. And who and who is this guy to call out a team for flopping?
0: I digress. Dude. I digress.
1: Anyways, long story short, we need we don't need a vintage LeBron performance, but we need a aggressive LeBron. Like he like my friend and I were just talking about this the other day. LeBron has like three or four good sprints in him per game. <laughs> like he can get up the court at full speed take a break, get back. And he's got like two more of those and that's it. That's all he's got. And so tomorrow is going to have to be forget D'Angelo Russell. Like forget, I can't rely on these dudes. I'm attacking the rim. I'm punishing them defensively. I'm getting my guys involved, but I'm not waiting to get myself involved. Like I'm going from the jump. Like put up 25 shots, that type of LeBron, where it's like, nah, you're going to, feel my presence from jump all the way to the end of the game. just consistent, relentless whatever adjective you want to describe. no, that that's a
0: all signs are pointing to an expectation of, of LeBron to need to step up and, and shoulder the load this game. and I think the the winning formula is the exact opposite. Yeah. we want we want the aggression. But I think that team knows what kind of teammate this version of LeBron is. I think they know that if we're depending on him to be Herculean, that he might not hold – that we shouldn't be putting him in that position. And I think this is a game where, you know, we've mentioned in the playoffs that role players, whether or not they travel, often dictates the outcome of a series – yeah. I think that the Lakers have better role players in that playing at home in, in what is a potential closeout game. I think that this is a first quarter that can really get crypto rocking. And the Warriors are going to come out. The Warriors are going to do their thing. Yeah, We know they're going to have the spurts. They're going to have the runs. Beating the Warriors, you have to sustain the punch and mm-hmm. hang in there. But what kind of, the Warriors aren't, great at coming from behind in this current iteration because that's dependent on getting stops. This is not a defensively locked in golden state warriors team that that, that has the ceiling of golden state warriors in the past. So if they're not able to contain this team in the first half, I don't think they're going to come back and win, but there's still the stat, you know, LeBron's undefeated with a three, one lead. There's another stat that the first team to win two games in a series goes on to win the series more than 70% of the time. Warriors won game, Lakers won game three in game four. First to take two games, beating the Warriors in three games, very three games in a row. Very difficult task. So I'm not surprised yeah. by the game five loss. Yeah. Also, the savior in game five for the Warriors was Draymond
1: Green. Mm. This wasn't his first time doing that. We've seen a we've seen a game seven Draymond who reincarnated himself into like Reggie Miller like shades of Ray Allen,
0: perfect segue. So this is where you know I, I did some I did some digging, and this is where I drove home my argument that the Lakers, of course, have to win tonight, but I think they're going to. So in 2016, right, Draymond Green was touched by God. In game seven. Yeah, I remember that. His stat line in game seven of twenty of the 2016 NBA Finals between the Cavs and the Warriors, a game where both teams were under 100 points, and it came down to the last two shots of the game. Draymond Green, 32, 15, and 9. 11 for 15 from the field. Six for eight from three, Draymond Green stepped up. He's not backing down from the pressure. I have never questioned his NBA caliber, mindset, skill set, and adaptability. Perfect example. Yeah, he's reliable. You know he's going to be
1: there all the now, time.
0: Now, as for the Splash Brothers in Game 7. That Game 7 where they were Uh-oh. playing that that Game 7 where they were playing at home. Mouse in the house. Steph Curry. With the championship on the line, season on the line, I was up 3-1. Goes out in game seven with a masterful 17 points. Six for 19 from the field. Four for 14 from three. So of those 19 shots, 14 were threes. Clay Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. With the season on the line, a ring on the line, 14 points, ladies and gentlemen, six for 17 from the field, two of 10 from three. They had one free throw combined. And four assists combined. Now, these are the game six, game seven sliders. Yeah, the jumpers don't fall as easy. The ball Goes through a different sort of gravity in the in midair. Yeah. And, and funny things happen. In that game seven, LeBron, on the other hand, 27-11-11, eight for 10 from the free throw line. Now, this LeBron clearly isn't 2016 LeBron. Clearly. But as we saw in the crunch time of game four, when he needed to get the offense going, he found what worked. It was, right. let me get – myself guarded by Steph Curry. Let me put myself within 15 within fifteen feet of the basket, and we're going to find a good shot because we're just going to hang around the room. He also made four clutch free throws, didn't miss them in the fourth, and I'm going to bet on the team that can get a good layup versus a contested jumper in crunch time. In this game six, I expect to go down to the final couple minutes as well.
1: Well, no. I think the Lakers are gonna win this game. Honestly. I I, have, I just have a feeling I've learned over the course of my my adolescence and into now early adulthood, you'll bet against LeBron in a closeout game. Just don't do it. You just don't do it. And I've I've witnessed this, I've felt this as a Celtics fan many a times. He's gonna do it. I it's the Brady thing where it's like. It it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. You don't give Brady the ball with two minutes to go and a timeout. Because he's getting you three, if not seven. Right. So it's and, just and
0: what- to to keep the Brady comparison, it's like, you know, as the quarterback, he can't do it all himself. He can put the ball in the right spots, but he needs, needs yeah. guys to catch it. He exactly. has to make the right plays, can't throw an interception. LeBron right. has some of that decision making, which is why I don't think he's going to go out in this game and get 40. I'd love it if he did. I, would too. I think that this game is going to be won by a series of key plays by the role players. It's going to be stops by Dennis Schroeder. It's going to be Austin Reeves playing with confidence that everybody's shocked that he has. It's going to be a good six-minute stretch of Rui Hachimura minutes. It's yeah. might It might be Lonnie Walker stepping up when we need him again. We saw what he did in crypto last time. He was only yeah. on pace for 60 based off of his fourth quarter scoring. And D'Angelo Russell, a couple quiet games in a row. Yeah. But when he scored over 18 or 20, this team hasn't lost in the playoffs. Yeah. So if he finds it, I think that there's more pathways to a victory for this Lakers team. Now, then there's the caveat of game six clay. Are we going to get game six clay? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've got some more numbers.
1: I'd love to hear let well, him, him
0: The Warriors had a game six in the first round against the Sacramento Kings.
1: Lest we forget. How could we forget on this pod?
0: On their home court again. Uh huh. Chance to close out the Sacramento Kings. Oh, ladies and long. gentlemen, they lost 118 to 99. They got dubbed essentially at home by Fox, who had a finger taped up and a combined, and 26 from Fox, 28 from Malik Monk. Sabonis finished that game with seven points, and they got cooked by 20, essentially. In that game, they were also out-rebounded by 11 to the Sacramento Kings in a game where Sabonis played 23 minutes. That's, uh, you know, Clay's going to do his thing or whatever. Oh, by the way, Clay Thompson in that game six, ladies and gentlemen. Eight for twenty from the field. Two for nine from three. Game six, Clay, ladies and gentlemen. Minus 28 in the box score.
1: Hey. That's the I thing guess. about greatness. That's the thing about greatness, though. It's there, it's there when you need it. And right, maybe right. Great
0: Greatness does, you know. What knows, Mike
1: Hill, Mike Hale Thompson's in the building. In 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 these moments, but I I
0: can tell you that the runs are going to happen. Yeah. But if we tighten up and play defense every possession of this game, they're going to go in and win. They can yeah. win it. They can win it unless Steph drops sixty five, which he might, which he could. <laughs> which he might ladies and gentlemen <laughs> but unless draymond unless they get the draymond triple double 25 piece
1: they get the wiggins eighteen. unless and...
0: they get 30 from clay but also with wiggins i love two-way wigs i saw two-way wigs trending i saw it i love it ladies and gentlemen two-way wiggins when he's aggressive boy is he a lot to handle yeah but you know what happens the next game where'd he go And that's before the injury factored into it. So I'm not, you know, talking ill because he's going to be hurt or maybe playing through an injury. But I said this about Andrew Wiggins in round one. Said it again. And when this this team is out, I I have a lovely revisit that I I always reference that involves Andrew Wiggins, and we're going to have a sidebar about that. But in game one, I was like, you know, you get the game where you get – The snapshot of Andrew Wiggins, you get half of his minutes where you're like, wow, this freaking guy is (laughs) capable of a lot. Yeah. And then you get the nine minute, you know, quarter and a half stretch where you don't hear his name. So, unless, like I said, unless you get Steph for 40, unless you get Clay for 30, or unless you get Dre with the triple double and he's playing his ass off again. I don't see the pathway to the W in this game. And that's factoring in AD playing. I'm not sure what this team looks like if he isn't playing or if he isn't able to at least be out there. But AD, man, at every opportunity this postseason to dismiss the naysayers, to show up when everybody wants to bag on him, he has. Played the big minutes when it's mattered, i.e. game one of this series i.e. his first round against the Memphis Grizzlies with 26 blocks and just being dominant and, you know, backing up his words when he said he was going to need to step up, and then he did. So I think that AD is capable of a, a winning effort tonight, whatever that translates to in the box score. And that still is the chess piece that the Warriors don't have the answer for.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with you. I see the Lakers coming out, role players playing aggressive. They play better at home. Crowd's going to rally behind them. Script writers will be cooking. And and hopefully we'll see the Lakers uh, move on to the Western Conference Finals and get ready to face the Denver Nuggets. And if you've listened,
0: you would know that from day one of this postseason, I have said that this Lakers team ceiling is the championship and they were my pick to make it out of the Western conference. Yeah. And for this exact formula that they ha- that they haven't really disproven thus far, I cannot wait to see the media's reaction, the takes, the tweets, the anything about this team if they win tomorrow night. Because the switch up is going to be in 4k it it is going to be as as apparent as possible as ever before it's you know i can't wait to hear what what comments are are made and what you know arguments well you know this warriors team was inconsistent from day. no i i'm watching all of you guys yeah you're not rooting you know in terms of the public and the public is not ready to count this Warriors team out yet when they weren't riding for them all year. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, I just can't wait to see it, man. I'm I'm really waiting for this game. And uh, if the Lakers lose, you know what I'm saying? That's a possibility. That is a possibility. And then we are going to address this another game seven and all its glory and like i said i'll gladly eat the words i don't care about being wrong but i'm going to ride with the you know argument that i've made that hasn't been disproven yet so i i can't wait man i'm probably i'll probably have to just watch and see how the game unfolds for a second to see if it's kind of going according to how i thought it might go before i really 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 put it on and And watch it all. Yeah. But it's – like I said, you had that feeling tonight watching the Celtics in a must-win game. The Lakers aren't on the edge of elimination yet, but this is a must-win game. And it's those ones that were – it's literally tough to watch. Like, it's
1: tough to sit through. Yeah. You're just on 10 the entire time. Can't relax until the game's over and you're like, okay. It's going to build all day long, so – you know, I, I can't wait
0: to see what happens. I'm going to not, you know, I'm going to try and not pass out at work tomorrow. <laughs> Best of luck. I'll be with, rooting for the sidelines. With that, I, and I can, <clears> hmm, <throat> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll probably let it breathe. We'll see if we if we decide to record right afterward. We We just might we just might because in the warriors town hall might have to have
1: warriors town hall yeah
0: the warriors town hall is an episode oh yeah
1: no i'll be oh. i'll be ready if that's the case i promise you i'll be ready i've been waiting
0: man but uh we got to wait and see we we got a big one tonight with with that let's uh let's shout let's, out let's transition to who the winner of this series will be facing because they they've marked their spot in the next round And that is the Denver Nuggets.
1: Sun's out of here. Get them out of here. Hopefully there's not too much traffic on your way home, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for coming. Appreciate you. We'll see you guys next season. Now, I hope you
0: back me up on this because I've been a Nuggets truther Mm -hmm. since the preview. Yeah. And... In conversations with with friends and discussions we've had, and it's funny. A lot of folks, you know, in my newsroom are from all over, and folks that aren't, you know, kind of from either LA or the West Coast or Texas, they they tend to not, you know, teams that root for teams in the Western Conference. They tend to discredit Denver more often. Yeah, and. What I'm seeing is that, you know, folks from kind of outside that bubble are higher on Denver. And it's because, you know, Denver's been in this position. They've they've gotten close time and time again. And they get, you know, dissed for not getting over the hump yet and kind of going out in a similar fashion year in, year out, whether in the conference finals or the semis. But it's like, dude, case in point again, this team has gotten past. you know, they're one of the last two standing, yeah, and I paid attention to them in the regular season. They didn't yeah. take it for they didn't take it for granted. They added pieces around their core. and I knew what I saw was a team that plays four quarters of pressing basketball. and I listened back to our our, our last episode, which was coming off of game four in the Phoenix Denver series where right. Booker and Durant. I came off of back-to-back two-headed masterpieces. Yeah, And I was almost mad yeah. at how much credit I gave them because I told you I was adamant that this team wasn't going to run the track meet with Denver yeah. for a series and win. Yeah. They didn't have the bodies. They didn't have the legs. Booker it's and Durant played over 40. They played over 40 minutes in every game so far in the postseason, say for one or two those being the games where they were clearly defeated by the Nuggets in this round. <laughs> and yeah, they were good for that too, because that's the glimpse that we saw. We saw, we see the, we've seen the flashes of, wow, this is arguably the most skilled duo outside of Steph and Katie, or like we said, LeBron and Kyrie, yeah. of like, this is extremely potent. Yeah. But it's also not enough. And they had no Aiden
1: tonight. That was another, shoot a fall. What a random thing too. Like I feel like that news came so randomly. We'll talk more about Phoenix. I think that uh I think that Chris Paul and Aiden are off are off of this team yeah. next year. Yeah, they're gone. They're definitely gone. Ishiba's not afraid to come in and make drastic changes. So I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen Chris Paul's last game as a son. I wouldn't be surprised if we've seen Monty Williams's last game as the head coach of this team. And I also wouldn't be surprised if they traded Aiden for some parts and maybe some picks. Yeah. Um, Chris
0: Chris Paul has a 30 million plus team option yeah. this summer. <laughs> so that that'll be very interesting to watch. And it's Aiden, a nice chunk of change. And Aiden re-upped for a massive contract last yeah. offseason, which he sort of earned from you know the last the the two prior postseason runs. For sure. So they, we'll have an Aiden conversation a little later but dominating i like i i wanted to say that i was mad that i walked back some of my confidence in denver and you know i listened and you were like dude how are they going to stop this team and i'm like well i i i offered resistance cuz i was like i mean those first couple wins were decisive they they did come down to the stretch in game 1 not so much in game 2 but they were decisive wins, and I was like, this team it doesn't equate to this Nuggets team. They're deeper, yeah. and just overall a better team, a better functioning yeah. team. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, give them as much props as I can before they are the enemy, hypothetically, in the next round, and I have yeah. to pick them apart. Yeah. But, you know, folks aren't the natural – Jokic fans, and that's all cool, you know? You don't have to be. But that brother is hard to guard. He is. And he knows what the hell he's doing out there, man. (laughs) He's freaking nice. Like, we
1: can't hate. I will say this. I obviously, from the jump, have not been the biggest Nuggets believer, and I still am not. I think they did what they had to, which was handle the opponents in front of them. They played a disoriented, potentially drunk Minnesota Timberwolves team in the first round. Then they played a team that has a ton of talent, but operates on pickup basketball philosophy. So they don't really run sets and they don't really have much structure or organization. So they did what they had to. And it's hard to do it. I'm watching my Boston team struggle doing what they have to do. So I understand there's a lot of right, credit. Right, that, that can be discounted. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't know if they're suited to, to win, either against the Warriors or the Lakers. If it's the Warriors, they better pray. I know Jokic will do his thing and get his triple doubles and the 30, 40 points, but I just don't – I still am kind of hesitant about their defense. Michael Porter Jr. kind of feels Andrew Wiggins-ish in that – he kind of needs to have his jumper going in order for him to be engaged on both sides of the ball. And I get it. Bruce Brown, KCP, KCP had a massive game today. He was. Yeah. He was, he was going crazy and he has for for
0: better or worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so they, they got a lot out of their guys, and I'm proud of them. You know, they get back to the Western Conference Finals. Huge deal for them. Huge deal for that organization. Last time it was done outside of the bubble, I think, was Mello. Shout out to Mello. The second shout out he's had on my podcast by me. Um, we respect Mello here. We respect Mello. They didn't, him and AI didn't do anything together, but I saw a tweet that said, these guys didn't do anything together, but their jerseys won platinum in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> I think I sent it to you on Twitter. I that's found little, it accurate. Um, but, anyways, back to no, no in game
0: going. But when the series began, going into game one, I said the X factor. The person I'm paying the most attention to is Michael Porter. Yeah, because the Denver Nuggets are an interesting are an interesting organization. Back to back drafts, they took swings on Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. That also might have been the same draft. I don't have it handy to look at. Yeah. But there were two players with with large, bold print question marks about their bodies. Mm-hmm. And bull, bull, they got out of the business. They doubled down on the Michael Porter Jr. business and committed to playing the long game with this rehabilitation of the back injury and still holding stock on the prospect that he originally was before the injury concerns kind of took precedence. And I was like, all right, so they're invested in him. And they've been reassured by whatever they've seen day in and day out to want him to be a part of their core. And he was the guy I was watching early in the series. I liked what I saw, even though the numbers weren't fantastic, but I was like in this round in this series, he's going to theoretically match up with KD in terms of which wing, you know, or for the Nuggets, you're the wing that needs to kind of offensively battle with them enough to support Jokic and Murray still being the leaders of the offense. And he did did that for most of the series. He definitely did in game five. He had a really good game five. And I think that the moments where I wasn't impressed were – reminders that this is his first postseason run so he is going to have the moments where he looks ready similar to how keegan murray hit big roll bumps in the first yep. round against the warriors and then eventually you were like all right this is the guy that's you know first team all rookie this is the Perfect. guy that you know you you, you finally kind of saw it but before you did you saw the growing pains of oh wait this is an adjustment in the yeah. postseason so Michael Porter has a couple rounds under his belt now, and he's probably, you know, not going to start off as badly. But I think, however, against whoever in the next round over the course of that series, if Denver falls short, it's going to be because he has a couple eyesore games mm-hmm. where, you know, he's an attackable piece or a piece that doesn't get them there. Yeah. He's like in the same breath, he's probably going to be the reason they win a game. He's going to get 25 once or twice. Right. right. The guy that he needs to be that gets them over the hump, I don't think he's ready to be for an entire series. Yeah. And that's something that you kind of don't get until you come up short once or twice and then it really sticks with you and you know what you have to do the next time you're there. Right. But that again will be the the main piece that I'm watching and this team's next round because I, I I believe in their depth. I believe in Jokic. I don't really love Murray Hero Ball, but that is always the scary pin that could drop is that he could start, you know, turn just to start the wave. And yeah. you know, for all the Kentucky truthers, you guys never mentioned Jamal Murray. They don't. <laughs>
1: They don't. Kentucky pickup runs going crazy.
0: They also don't mention Jerry Vanderbilt. No. Just saying. They don't. <laughs> Just saying. But no, man, they're waiting. They're lying in wait. They took care of business, and uh, they they've got they've got action next round against either team. They're going to yeah. win a couple games. This team isn't getting swept, so yeah. they're waiting as they as they should be. Top seed in the league, best home
1: record. They've you know. Continuously. Follow this is what the they draft. waited for. This is what they have been playing all season for. They wanted to get to this moment, prove that they're the best team in the West. You have home court. Let's see what you can do. Yeah. So while they wait for an opponent, let, let's talk about the last series
0: that's the other decided. To move on to their conference finals, respectively. Miami Heat have a chance to close tonight, and I still don't know what to make of this New York Knicks team (laughs) I think that something in my gut just tells me that uh the Knicks go in and get a win tonight because I think how we uh, we started the pod with four series that had the potential of going to game sevens I think that two are going to a game seven could be the Lakers one I think that I I think that this is the series that goes seven just because we don't know New York
1: wins wins in Miami
0: out of the bizarre trends that have just played out in this series. Yeah. Because there's not, there's no doubt that Miami has outplayed their billing a bit so far, mm-hmm. and that's a testament to elite coaching mm-hmm. and players who have been there yeah. and performed in those moments. They have the continuity that's rolled over. So that is an advantage in the series. This Knicks team, as a core, this is their first time getting there. Right. Right. And you know you're gonna have weird moments, like how that Cleveland team never found themselves in, in round one. Yeah, this Knicks team has kind of struggled to found themselves to find themselves with higher stakes in this second round. Maybe they do right now, though, for some un you know unsubstantiated reason. <laughs> but that's what I'm kind of thinking happens now. Interesting.
1: I think that I I fully expect Miami to close this thing out. And I think Miami knows like, hey, we have a golden opportunity here because we can close these guys out right here, get some time to rest. And then we might not even get Boston. We might get Philly. And we just dismantled Philly last year in the playoffs. (laughs) We smoked them. I think they beat them 4 1. And. So they have all the reason in the world to close this out in New York. I think they're – maybe, like you said, maybe they dig deep and they find something, but I don't know. I just – and to be it's, honest, it's I haven't kind of, watched much of this series either. Right. I'll be completely transparent.
0: Right. I no, haven't man. Unfortunately, chance. same here. I haven't had the chance to. So I'm honestly kind of hoping for a game yeah, seven. I would love to see That I can two. just sit and watch entirely and formulate, you know, my opinion on that team. That advances in the next round um but can you imagine think, seven in the garden i think looking ahead that's dude i want that i think that everybody okay. i think that that the law that. i think the law of everything give, gives us that that'd be great that would be great i feel like miami and the fan base and all of this is still kind of riding the high of this overperformance so yeah. far and you can't look ahead. The series isn't done yet. You got to go beat this team again. And they know that. I know that. You know, they're going to come in prepared for that. But I think that New York is going to play with more desperation.
2: Yeah. And sometimes
0: that's just, you know, what you need in a playoff so. game to stay alive, at least. And I think that that energy comes out. Randall looked healthy this last game he had points and he had some bad 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 you know moments so I think that he passed the the physical eye test in terms of what is where his health is at and with the ankle specifically so if he's able to go out there and get him 2025 20, I think that Brunson can drive the ship and get it home for one more game I hope so and he that played. if you are my yeah and if you are Miami you're really hoping you keep getting these Struce and Vincent performances that are saving them. Yeah. And that's you're getting a Kyle Lowry that's able to be the best player on either second unit and just win those minutes. Yeah. But on paper, it really shouldn't go down like that. So I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I, I'm honestly hoping for a game seven in that one. We're praying for a game seven over here. But uh, we, we, we have another segment that we really want to get to. Woo,
2: second is, episode uh, of
0: this segment. Let's go. That is casually blowing it up, ladies and gentlemen, because we are only a couple of days away from the NBA draft lottery. And people still aren't talking about it enough. We have a special but guest in the works for the NBA draft analysis, too. We Drop sure back. we we sure do, ladies and gentlemen. So we, we are going to get familiarized with the prospects in this draft class and to talk about the teams that we haven't got a chance to talk about because this has been strictly playoff business so far. Mm-hmm. You know, this casually blowing it up segment looks at teams that are on the outside looking in at the action right now. Yep. And – reassessing what they have going into next season and before i say which team we're doing sorry but i just want to flash back to an article i wrote for talk that talk yeah two years ago now where i left an easter egg and in my research for that article i was like wow the detroit pistons haven't won the nba lottery in exactly 50 years and they're a team that is parentally perennially in the lottery, but they keep getting these pick threes, pick five, pick six, pick seven. Eventually they have to get it. Do they not? And this, and at the time it was a team that had a, you know, a bunch of nothing more essentially. So they just needed something that was anything, you know, for this team to hang his hat on. And then that rookie class, it's Cade Cunningham at the top. And I was like, Hmm that works for Detroit. Yeah. And lo and behold, they got it. So I'm probably going to bang that drum until I, you know, hang my hat about talking on sports because I'm so happy that I was like, that I low key guessed the winner of the lottery. Last year. I don't know what happened. I I didn't have anything on record for it. So, you know, I I get a buy, I get a buy for last year, (laughs) this year, ladies and gentlemen, I have a gut pick of who I think is winning the lottery. Let me hear it. And it's the Charlotte Hornets, ladies and gentlemen. Charlotte. To to follow the my lottery deep dive, you know, the the, the Spurs have been the leading candidate in the narrative of who's yeah. going to win the lottery. And if you pay attention to the lottery, the leading candidate almost never gets it. Yeah. Almost never. You know, there's a few times where the you know the Cavs lucked up and they got Braun. I think Philly in one of those tank years lucked up and got the first overall pick. And, but they were, they tanked consecutively for that before finally getting it. And now with the new odds, you know, it's really open between the team with the top four, you know, chances to get it. So so San Antonio has been the, the, the leading candidate to win it, but they've only missed the playoffs for two years now, two, three years now. Other than that, they've got 20 years of not having a ping pong ball. Yeah. It's not getting picked just that easy. Yeah. You don't get the team for one year and I get it. They're like, Oh pop, you know, they're going to get them rebuilt and all this and that. It's great. It's a great theory. It's a great narrative. It's a great story. I don't think it's going down like that because again, the Charlotte Hornets team is similar to the Detroit Pistons. in that just think about it. When was the last time the Charlotte Hornets, the Charlotte Bobcats even (laughs) had the first overall pick and you can't and in that same breath you can't tell me a single deep postseason run that they had in the same time and we could probably count on one hand how many times they've been in the postseason
2: yeah so I I can
0: tell you their their name is due to get called and Michael Jordan has divvied up some of his ownership in that team Mm. so. He may be on his way out in terms of, you know, the whole ownership thing, but I could, you know, whether you think the lottery is slightly rigged or not, I like the idea, the story playing out of, look what we have here. Michael Jordan with the first overall pick and who's at the top of the board, this sensational prospect that we've honestly never seen before that has massive expectations and a massive ceiling. And this could be the shot in the arm that this Hornets, Bobcats, Charlotte franchise hasn't had in a
1: very long time. And you pair somebody as dynamic of a player and just a straight up alien, honestly, like when Benyama feels like 2K my career where you're like, dude, he could do anything he wants on the floor right now for any NBA team. Um, and so you pair that up with a selfless sort of pass first stretch the floor, some two way ability point guard with Lamelo, And it's like, whoa, this could be kind of crazy offensively. The the yeah, the sky feels like the limit there. And, be, in- and beyond that, the market ability is off the charts.
0: Oh, yeah off the charts and it's insane so while you were while you were doing that i did a little did did a little digging to to solidify charlotte bobcats with the second overall pick took the rookie of the year in 2004 i'll give you i'll give you 10 seconds to to guess who that was gerald wallace good guess wasn't gerald tyrus thomas he was, a, he was a big, he was a center. It wasn't Tyrus Thomas. Al Jefferson. Not Al. One more guess. One more guess. Played center.
1: Played center. Charlotte. Charlotte. I
0: think he went on to play for New Orleans, a couple other teams, and he was a, you know, big college prospect coming out. You're going to be mad. Emeka Okafor. Emeka Okafor. Of course.
1: I'm sorry, Mecca.
0: (laughs) So they got Okafor in 2004 with the second overall pick. They have only had the number one overall pick once as a franchise. It was in 1991. Probably only a few years after their expansion birth. And they took Larry Johnson, uh, a a cornerstone for that team. Shout out to UNLV, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to UNLV. Now... Where you were with LaMelo and Wemby, possibly. And this let, let's get the blow it up going on. I, I made some notes. I have a lot on, to say about the blow it up part, to be honest. I made some notes on this roster. And in our first blow it up, we were surprisingly lenient to the Houston yeah. Rockets. But for good reason. They have a oh, great yeah. core. Or they have, you know, they have great young players. Mm-hmm. And they have a head coach that's coming in who might be able to snap them boys in the in real grown-up shape. Mm -hmm. the Hornets are an interesting case because LaMelo essentially missed the entire year. He had two lower body injuries back to back with about a 10 game stretch in between where in that stretch, he was doing LaMelo things again, Mm -hmm. but let's, you know, let's go back to the year before that because they also had the miles bridges suspension this year. He never played a game. Right. So if we go back to 2021, 2022, That was the year that uh, I wish I knew his name, but that was the year that the Hornets broadcaster became a household name because he was just losing his mind at every LaMelo Ball highlight at LaMelo to Bridges. He was insane. He was He was a. I'm going to find that guy's name and give him a shout out. Yeah. But dude, that's an electric announcer. Dude, that that was a fun year and that was a very fun team to watch. Yeah. What do you think the, what do you think their record was just two seasons ago? They were a playing team. They
1: were a playing team. I'm going to go with 38 and
0: 44. Dude, they were four games above 500. They were two games above 500. They were 43 and 39.
1: That yeah, was close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, relatively close, yeah. but
0: it's like I think that people have this current iterate this, this taste no, of, their rounds were, off of what were, happened.
1: I remember that. Yeah.
0: And this was a team that won 43 games two years ago. And guess what? Every guy in their top eight rotation is actually still on the roster, except for Mason Plumley and Montrez Harrell, who joined the team later that season. And this year, this past year, we got no LaMelo. We got no Bridges. And they'll both be back next year. Yeah. Now, where I would start with the moves is they have $54 on the books
1: next year between Hayward and Rozier. Yeah. You got to do something with that this year. Well, Hayward's going to be a free agent at the end of next year. So ideally, you trade him and you get something in return. And you could just hold and let it expire. Either it, it, you know,
0: because who's really going to bite? But there's probably going to be some fringe contender that because Hayward, he signed a contract that you know nobody was uh was wasn't uh, was, was, was in love with it it was a growing mark a growing salary cap as well so he caught it at a good time yeah. but he also hasn't been you know he he's, hasn't been soggy toast like he's in the Tobias Harris conversation where yours is this guy overpaid probably. Yeah. but that small forward position is skinny oh, yeah. in the league in, in terms of guys that you actually would want exactly. and starting caliber, small forwards. And at least the question isn't there about, you know, what Hayward can do. It's whether or not he's going to
1: do it that. at the
0: level that we remember right. he used to get. To. And now he's aging and that's not realistic anymore. I was say so he is getting up there in age. If there's something to be done there, he I, I'm you. here to make a move there. Yeah. Rozier, I think you need a slightly more defensive guard or you need a little bit more size to kind of go along with that. But he's, you know, about Terry.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a two-way guard. I just don't know if Charlotte has the structure in place to maximize his talents in comparison to a team like Boston, which obviously had the ultimate structure. So, which, you know, it still
0: leads me to that 2021-2022 season where that year, LaMelo averaged 20, Bridges averaged 20, and Rozier averaged 19. And it was like, you know, that was a formidable starting, you know, or formidable
1: offensive foundation. Yeah, no, they they, they played with a lot of pace. They were able to space the floor. They crashed the glass. They were playing good defense. They have a lot of things going in Charlotte. The only problem is – you're paying these two guys a ton of money. Luckily, you'll be able to get one off the books. Rozier, you have until I think 26, 27 or 25, 26. And, so, and, the,
0: and the, 20, the 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 twenty 21 or whatever mill it is for him a year isn't that bad. It, it's, it's not. It's not. Because guys like Anthony Simons is guard. making more. You know what I'm saying? Jordan Poole is making a boatload more. Right. And, and I would say going to get more. So it's Got like, you kind of still got a guy at a at a contract where you're getting
1: right market value, right? They need to beef up their bench, and I honestly don't know too much about their coaching, but I, if I was Charlotte, I would definitely look to get a Butenholzer, a Vogel, like a guy that can institute a program of sorts, like develop a culture, develop an identity. Well, you Vogel-
2: know.
0: you you know who they have at the helm or they who they had at the helm last year i do not your boy steve clifford oh i thought steve clifford was in orlando
1: no one head coach no he he, they brought him back last year no way i had no idea shout out to steve man you know what i'm saying and
0: you know he was a team that coached that team for the postseason before yeah Hey, shout oh. out to
1: Jefferson one time. You know For what real. I'm saying? Kemba Walker. Now, couple other
0: question marks. They have P.J. Washington, who's a restricted free agent coming up. So, meaning they'll have the ability. To I don't match. think you match. Yeah, I think you try to trade him. I I like P.J. Man, he he gives off maturity to me, even though yeah. he's a you know a younger guy, but he's not the youngest anymore, and he also yeah. wasn't the youngest coming out of Kentucky. Right. I like P.J. He. Is a slightly undersized big, but he doesn't back down from the challenge of playing right. big, and he right. can stretch the floor legitimately. Yeah, absolutely. so I I like PJ. I would have a threshold on the amount I'm willing to bring him back for.
1: Hundred percent, because I love guys like Mark Williams. Mark Williams, yeah, he kind of has like Robert Williams ish dynamic nature to him. I liked him coming out of Duke
0: last year a lot because he was of a mold of a, you know, he was the center that you just ideally want. Seven feet, good hands, good coordination, rim protector, played around talented players in college, was a talented player himself. Mm -hmm. So he gets high-level basketball, and he gets how to be a center in high-level basketball. And with the season going down the tank, he got the ability to really play meaningful minutes and yeah. yep. non-meaningful games this past year, and he ended up finishing the season nine points and seven boards. That that's you know and a block as a rookie. Well, it seems
1: like it seems like only averaging
0: minutes. 19 minutes a game. So that that was buoyed by second half stats
1: performance. Yeah. Well, it seems like Charlotte has some really nice young pieces, and if there's one thing that people and GMs across the league should take away from rebuilding, is they should look at Oklahoma City and look, and look. We have they already have some of those pieces, right? You have a guard that you can trust. Maybe you land Wembenyama. That's the that's the foundation, right? Those two guys are the foundation. That's now, the ladder. that's the jackpot. Let's trade some of these wing guys that we have for more picks. And let's just invest in the youth because is very young. is very young. Bridges is probably the oldest of the group, and I think he might be like our age, if not maybe a year older. I doubt it, though. Um, and I think you you play this thing out and you see what you can draft and develop because your chances of landing a free agent with an unproven squad are probably incredibly young. Your other move is to get some veterans in this locker room, stabilizing veteran presence that can coach through the emotional ups and downs for such a young team. I think there is a price that you should be willing to pay for good veteran leadership, especially in a league where it used to be a lot older and now the league has transitioned to a much younger league. So guys don't have, you know, the rookie hazings, like, the veteran, the Byron Scott putting the arm around a young Kobe Bryant-type figure. You know what I mean? The league just doesn't have that anymore. So if I'm Charlotte, I look to get good veteran pres- Adults in the room. They need babysitters is what they do because we know they're off-the-court antics, right? You got Miles Bridges doing all sorts of X, Y, and Z. You know, Terry with the shiesty mask pregame. I don't know what kind of activity he's on pre. Prior well, to the-
0: well, this is a team last year, but the only players over 30 were Gordon Hayward and, Mason Plumlee, yeah. before and you know Gordon, Mason Plumlee. And
1: you know both of them are going straight home to their wife and kids, and they're having like a nice turkey and rice, some vegetables. Like, they're, they're having a dinner. They're putting on Thomas the Tank Engine for their kids, right? Meanwhile... You know, Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball are hitting the club, balling balling in the middle of the club, no jersey. You know what I mean? Like, so get <laughs> some stabilizing presences in the room. Build around your young guys and and play for the future. Don't mess this up if you land something like this. Yeah. No,
0: man. And there's st- still un- untapped potential. And not untapped potential, but LaMelo hasn't reached his heights yet. 100%. L- LaMelo's a star, man. I, I-, I-, I love the guy. Root for the guy. Yeah, same. The Golden State Warriors should slapped themselves for not taking them first overall. Yeah. A couple years back. But with this team that kind of had no guidance this year, he, when he did play, he actually played 36 games, a little more than I remember. But in those games, you saw a lot heavier usage from him offensively. And it translated to – uh. Not so great field goal percentage, but yeah. he was in he was a singular offense essentially.
1: Well, let's but be he, honest. But he they did he did 20.
0: bring his average up to 23, 23 and eight. And I think that uh they also weren't trying to win any games this year. Right, right. So he was out there trying to get a rhythm for himself more than anything. Yeah. But dude, these per 36 numbers on Mark Williams are
2: yeah. This I mean, brother need this brother K's needs good. to be We're a starter.
0: What'd you say? He's good on two K as well. No, man, this brother needs to be a starter. His per 36s from this past season. No, I like what they have going on. 16.8,
1: 13.2 and two
0: blocks per 36 minutes off of his
1: numbers last year. Well, the East is very top heavy. And if you're Charlotte and you have these young guys, why not? Maybe you get something going and you can make a run because the East is top heavy. So getting into the playoffs isn't completely out of the picture, but... They and they were and, they were and they
0: were there. Order. They they were a hundred percent there a year ago yep. before flaming out in the play in. I think they got cooked yep. by Atlanta in the play in. Yeah. And that's what sent them home last, you know, the year before last. But yeah. The uh other thing is say they don't get the first overall pick. Say they get two, say they get three. Another player that answers a ton of their needs is Brandon Miller.
1: <laughs> the shooter.
0: <laughs> the shooter in the building. He is a wing with nasty athleticism, dude. He's nice raw and just raw scoring <laughs> up size. He is nice. And you now inject him into this team. Ooh. it's it's not as it's it's far from a consolation prize if you yeah. don't get win
1: yeah, he's cold, dude. if he, yeah, if if any of our listeners at home haven't seen or heard of Brandon Miller, do yourself a favor. It's it's bare minimum. Friday tomorrow, go on YouTube during your one thirty check in with your manager or your team, and look at Brandon Miller, forty one points. And you watch what this dude was doing on the floor, and it's like, dude, how are you guarding this guy? He's
0: nasty. He has nasty. nasty. He has nasty potential. Yeah, and you give Mellow that that toy in transition. Yeah.
1: And you get oh, Miles Bridges running the other wing. Oh, brother, brother. Oh, goodness. We're excited for you, Charlotte. Don't mess this up. But, yeah.
0: And to not leave this episode without giving that man his due, Eric Collins, ladies and gentlemen. He is the overly enthusiastic oh, announcer yeah. for to Charlotte Eric Collins. I'm hoping... Wallen. I am hoping that this team gets either Wimbanyama or Brandon Miller yep. so that I can watch as many league pass <clears> Hornets <throat> games as possible to man. hear this man go have man. A stroke
1: <laughs> <laughs> on uh-huh. air. You got to love it, dude. Respect the game. Me too. I love it. Shout out to Eric Collins. You're, you're, you're a legend. You're a legend you in this keep game. Keep doing your what effort. you're doing, brother, it. brother. <laughs> But yeah, what do we got on? What do we got on slate tomorrow? So you got you. We both got the Lakers, and I guess New York.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, Lakers is Knicks. What
2: the hell?
1: Give it, give what it the up. Hell? What the
0: hell, man? Let's run it. Let's 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 send that. We will be back very shortly to address yes. the Game Sevens of it all. Oh yeah, and the. Uh, End of the road of it all for whoever it is. Dude, let's just have take a second to appreciate this moment in time because 48 hours could go by and both of our teams are eliminated. Oh.
1: All all I gotta say is I'm glad my uh my girlfriend so, is before the Celtics game because if it was during the Celtics game, feel bad.
0: If this game <laughs> seven is on Mother's Day, look, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah moms I'm, I'm sorry to all the moms hang on <laughs> in the room. i promise we can reschedule this mother's day yeah. we, <laughs> we, we can't can. reschedule we can. this this game yeah.
1: <laughs> shout out to all the moms in the world celebrate with your moms tell them on you, me, you, you love on them. me and with that folks we'll tap in soon till next time let's get into it